0: Welcome to Mirari Unmuted, a podcast about music, life, and finding new ways to engage the next generation of performer and chamber musician.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mirari Unmuted. Uh, this is Matt Vangel here with you today, and I'm very excited to be the lead-off episode in this mini-series we're doing on uh, the people who inspire us and uh, or have had a great impact on our lives. Um, after, well to be quite honest a little bit of soul-searching uh, a name sort of just sat up at the top of my brain um, and I decided to uh, try to track this person down and it turned out to be really really easy um, because it's COVID no one has anything to do uh, but this person has been a constant inspiration for me for over a decade at this point uh, and so my guest today is Tom Hooten um, if you don't know who Tom Hooten is uh, you're living under a rock um, <laughs> Especially because it's a brass podcast, and you're probably a brass player if you're listening to this. Uh, Tom is currently the principal trumpet of the Los Angeles Philharmonic, and has held positions with Atlanta Symphony and Indianapolis Symphony, and started his career in the President's Own Marine Band. Um, and there are some, there are already some really great podcasts out there and interviews out there about uh, that, that go into more detail about Tom's story from uh, a kid being a youth um, all the way up through school and and getting into his career. So. Uh, uh, I can't believe I'm uh, advertising for other podcasts, but uh, check out the other side of the bell, Brass Junkies, Brass Chats. They all have really good interviews with Tom that have lots of information about even some of his more recent projects. Um, So from this point on, we're just going to assume that everyone listening has already checked out those podcasts and we're going to dig in a little bit more uh, uh, into what makes uh, Tom, Tom today. So welcome Tom Hooten.
0: Thanks so much, Matt. Great to be here.
1: I'm I'm gonna start here and I just wanna tell you a story and maybe something that, that that you don't know or probably don't remember. So uh embarrassingly for me, uh I really didn't know that much about you <laughs> when I first came to to take a lesson from you. Um and and I think that was back in was that two thousand nine, maybe?
0: Uh, oh my I th- god. I think that <laughs> was
1: it was like your, yeah. I think it was like the summer of two thousand nine, because I was getting ready to start the the final year of my doctorate, or maybe it was twenty ten. I don't, I don't. Obviously, remember this either. was in Atlanta. Yeah, you were in Atlanta. Yeah. My parents were. My dad was stationed uh, in Atlanta, so I went home for the summer, and I was like, "Hey, there's this really good trumpet player who's principal of Atlanta. Let's see if he'll give me some lessons." And uh, and you did, and it was awesome. After. <laughs> And I distinctly remember after our first lesson, it took me a a long time to process a lot of what you said, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but like the things that just jumped out right away, you know, I walked into your practice studio and you've got, you know, phrases on the wall and and it's just like neat, tidy, and obviously a place of work, but it it was that, it was like your dedication and this like deep thinking that you do about the trumpet. And of course, uh, you're playing, um, they're just, uh, all really blew me away and I drove away knowing, knowing, I was like, he's, he's gonna go get one of those big jobs. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> not that Atlanta's not an amazing big job, but you know, I, I, I knew that, uh, that that you were destined to be one of those people that uh, is a household name and I'm embarrassed to say it, it wasn't one of mine at that point. But <laughs> no, <it's> fine. <laughs> anyway, so after a couple of those lessons, um, I don't know if you remember this concert, but uh, you played the Hummel, uh, you were like playing a feature oh. solo. It was a summer concert. We had to drive a little ways to get Yeah, there. it was like
0: a it was run out concert, yeah. Yeah. I, and it was like, last minute too. I, they, they had somebody cancel, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I so I wasn't that. planning on playing the Hummel. I think they had asked me like a, a week or so before. I, I can't remember, something like that.
1: Oh, wow. Well, good for you. Uh, it sounded awesome. Um, my, my mom, uh, my mom and I drove out and, and went to see this and, and, uh, and it was so funny. Uh, she was, after you played, you know, there was still a second half of the concert, but after you played, she turned to me and she was like, well, you could do that. (laughs) And I was like, ah, you you know, like there, there's some things here that you don't get, but. But it was it was really cool. It was a great concert. And afterward, you were kind enough to stick around and talk to uh, talk to both of us, actually. And there's one moment that I remember very distinctly. Um, I was actually talking to another section member, uh, Mike Myers, at the time, uh, yeah. he and I went to JMU together or not together. He was before me. But um, so we were chatting and my mom cornered you <laughs> and, and you were nice enough to talk to her. and. Uh, I, I, you said something to her and I don't know if I'll even really be able to tell you how much that has meant or uh, even means to me uh, even still today. You said uh, this phrase, uh, you said, don't let him quit. And I, it must have been just after my doctorate when I was unemployed, mm. still looking for a job or something, or, or maybe it was before the last year. Uh, and I was like, I didn't have a job yet. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I'd only taken a few auditions and you said, don't let him quit. And this is a like a simple, simple phrase that my mom repeated to me. Um, and I now have, uh, it's, it's on an affirmation sheet that I keep nice. in my pocket. Uh, and I read before performances when I get nervous. Um, you know, it's, it's having the validation of someone who, uh, one of the best trumpet players in the world, period, that I should keep um, persisting and, and keep working has been... Uh, a, a immense motivation, inspiration, and really a saving grace um, during wow. some some rough times uh, in my in my playing, in my practice, you know that sort of thing. So, um, but I, I know that there are probably tons of people have stories like this um, because that's just who you are. You are a kind, genuine, generous person, um, and as if that weren't enough, sort of coming full circle. Uh, as if that weren't enough for me to you know have you at the top of my list uh what you've done during covid (laughs) has like (laughs) sort of sealed the deal I (laughs) i watched your recital a couple of weeks ago um and i've seen all the challenges that you have in the camps and 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 the courses that you're running and and i'm just sitting here going like how what what how how and 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 your recital i was like you sound amazing, and you sound better than the last time I heard you, which the last time I heard you, you sounded amazing, and I was like mm. unbelievably amazing, I, I and I remember that, it was in, uh, you were playing Pines of Rome with L.A. Phil a couple of years ago, and I was on tour around there, um, oh, I, see. I came to one of those, and I was just like, how do you sound like that, and it was some of the best trumpet playing I've ever heard in my entire life, um, oh, thanks. So, No. Um, I, I just want to say thank you and, and thank you for being you and, uh, and and thank you for like so quickly accepting my invitation for an interview that's uh, not something that always happens. Uh, and I think that's one of the really awesome things about you is that you are willing to be uh, accessible, um, accessible to everyone, to, to people. I hear the way you talk about, uh instagram and, and how you're trying to connect with more people even even during this pandemic and and share information and i think that's a really beautiful uh, a beautiful inspiring thing uh for for me as as a player and as an educator and as a learner obviously i i know like if i want to <laughs> you know give myself a kick in the butt all i have to do is go to your instagram page <laughs> and uh, watch some videos and i'm like like, yeah, okay, all right. And and it's always an uplifting thing too. It's not like, you know, that depressing thing where you watch somebody sing and you throw your horn away and you go, Okay, I quit. Um, so anyway, I just want to say thanks and I, I am I, I look forward now to just shutting up and, and sort of hearing you talk for, for the rest of this episode. Well, Matt,
0: thanks for telling me that. I mean I, I you know, it's great to be with you and, and um that that means a lot. I mean and I'm and I'm nothing I said or that comment to your mom or anything like that was, was disingenuous you you know when and the reason i replied so quickly to your request was because you're a good person you and your wife you're, you're great people and and i i want to support you all as much as possible because we need more people like you so you know i i know you want to thank me but like thank yourself because like it really you 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 make it easy so i'm happy to be here and happy to talk about uh, any any of this I mean you've written down some great questions so um, yeah thanks thanks for having me I really appreciate it
1: so since this is since this is a podcast about inspiration uh, let's start there so uh, you know I obviously you're you're someone who inspires me I'm curious and I think we're all curious who inspires those who inspire us so mm-hmm. who or what is it that that you know makes makes you feel inspired motivated
0: yeah well one of the things you already talked about that um, I try to do in my life, and my career, is this idea of share information. So one of the people, and I know this maybe is a trigger for some people, but um, I try not to listen to all the noise that's on social media or the news. But but somebody that like has at the very top of our society that inspires me is somebody like Elon Musk. Not only because he's you know forward thinking and and brilliant in many ways and hardworking but you know a lot of this information whether it's uh technology through tesla or spacex a lot of this stuff he, he's like here's how this all works he puts out the information you know he's not i i know people get frustrated They're like oh well he's made billions it's like he's not out there actually trying to make money i, I think if, if elon musk wanted to make money he could just make money I mean, but he's out there trying to do other things. It just so happens that investors, you know, me being one of them, I I was one of the early investors in SpaceX pre-IPO, and um, yeah, I, I believe in, in in him and his his method of sharing information, the the greater good and stuff. So, in my tiny, tiny little infinitesimally small sliver of society as a trumpet player musician, uh, I try to just emulate that. So you know, I, I've read his biography. Um, that was done by was it uh, Isaacson, perhaps? I, I can't remember. but um, you know, but but, but people like him and uh, other people that have inspired me, i mean, there's there's just tons. I, I mean, I'm inspired by somebody like you, you know, with your kind, heart, open mind, like trying to share. i I try to find it anywhere. Um, so it, I'm almost reluctant to say individuals, but maybe I could talk about dead people, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, sure, sure. Yeah, don't don't offend anybody who's living right now. Give us a yeah. good person. <laughs> but
0: you know, it's like like one of the people that I talk about in in some of my talks is uh is in in the idea of community is uh, like Benjamin Franklin. He was one of the first people to have what he called a junto. It was like a, a a gentleman's club that was you know for people to share information and to like you know he would have people like a um, like an, a somebody who who would work with like iron. He would have somebody that's like an electrician. He would have, you know, all these different types of people like a um, a banker and, you know, a philosopher. And he would have all these people just theorizing, talking about life and humanity. And, and And those are all great. And none of those, any of those topics aren't like the key. It's that they all work together and they were all kind of conspiring together. I love that. And I think that we need more of that. And I think People like Wiff Rudd. He he inspires me in how he brings in community, and he was part of the last event we had a couple weeks ago. And out of all of the awesome guests that we had and information, I just walked away like uplifted with his demeanor. Like he's just and just everybody. Let's work together. Use your ear. Trust yourself. Notice your body. All that kind of stuff. Um, So any people that are that can check two boxes for me that are like forward thinking and community minded. I love that, you know, that it's not one without the other. I, I have to make money, so I'm going to step on people or like, you know, it's all kumbaya it's like, and, and you sort of just float. I, I like the mixture of those. And I, I try to find that and emulate that not only in my life, but um, but actually in my own little ecosystem of my body. I've, I've been doing work lately with Gabriel Cassone, um, Italian trumpet player. Um, he's done tons of work in um what what is it called um oh what's the term bioenergetics where like you're you're learning about how the where we hold tension in the body and how that is manifested in psychology and thoughts and beliefs and experiences i, I love that so he he's been really inspiring me lately to and i've just noticed awesome benefits in my own playing and possibility so um I could go on about tons of people. I mean I am ai like to read books, you know, like um the last the other one I'm reading is and I and I say that as a uh as a father of two young kids, it's challenging. But like this this is another book I've been reading, um, called The Big Leap. Um Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit of a junkie for this stuff. Um and uh I have a coach of my own. I invest I've invested in coaches over the years and um, and they've brought me to new ideas, new distinctions. so there's a huge long list. but th- of course there are people like like Gabriel Kassane or Hogan or, or Jim Morrison and stuff and, and I and I sort of extract I steal from them things that inspire me. Um, but I more often than not I'm thinking of people outside of music, whether it's Elon Musk or you know, some of the positive things that Steve job did in his mindset about creating things and, and being focused. And, um,
1: yeah. So is there someone outside of music that you have a personal connection with? I suppose it would be some of your coaches or that sort of thing, but someone like that, I just want to know if you know any rich people that you can like <laughs> have them send me uh, money. To close
0: well, you know, it's funny, like, um, this is going to sound a little contentious, but, a lot of times, I find that people that are that are rich, um, they have a lot of the same problems, maybe even more problems uh, than you know us non-rich people, um, and and maybe the their abundance in in finances um, has really been because of a, a disposition towards a certain idea in business or a certain idea in working with money, but it doesn't mean they're balanced people. Um, so, you know, that's why I sort of say I, I try to be strategic in what I pull from people. You know, I, I do have a good friend, a very good friend. We He was, um, he's a very successful entrepreneur, played trumpet, with Bob Nagel. He studied with Bob Nagel, you know, 50 years ago and we've become good friends and, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely like an inspiration in in finance and business and forward thinking. Um, but you know, some people have said, Oh, don't use mentors. And there's a, there's a bad thing with mentors because, you know, it takes away from the self. But, um, I I guess I take that with a grain of salt. I, I, there are other people, um, that like there was a guy that was a, CEO of the Kansas City Symphony I I would talk to him often I kind of referred to him personally as my moral compass if there was ever a, something I didn't know a sticky situation with a personal issue uh, at work or something like that I'd call him up and say you know Frank how do how would you deal with this and it was awesome every time they would just like he would bring me down and he would say there's no like fighting here there's like there's no struggle you don't have to push your way it's like Get into there, there. And you know, you start thinking about how to deal with, with the situation. So um, I don't know if that answers your question um, yeah. per se, but I, I mean, I, I feel like I can find inspiration in anybody, you know, like in any perspective that I feel is blind to me. I'm all, I feel like I'm always open to that. And I, and, um, I think that's part of the beauty of, of, you know, building community. And I still need to get better at that. You know, I still have a little bit of the syndrome of like, oh, I love my practice room and I'm working it out. It's like sometimes I have to say, Tom, stop working so hard and and get some other perspectives. You know, like there's more than one way to to figure this route out. And I I, I do that in general, but sometimes I I double down on work and it it really needs to come back more to like not efficiency because that's very cold, but flexibility. Sure, um,
1: I got to spend a few days with Wifred, uh, Jenna, and yeah. I went and like spent a few days at his house and hung out and played. He was like, we were like, oh, we're coming through. We'd like to have a lesson. He was like, come, stay at my house, and like, yeah. just the nicest guy. And I think he does that sort of like community thing just so, so yes. well, and makes everyone feel instantly like you're a part of this, but also that you're like, you are, you're worth it even if you're not playing the trumpet yeah which i think is 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 one of those uh things that's difficult sometimes as a musician to 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 understand i think Uh, and certainly you know and i'm sure for your students and for my students that are like hungry to go after those things it's like it's 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 always a challenge and i I always say i'm like when i grow up i want to be like with like that right (laughs) exactly that's that's how it is. So uh,
0: it's a, I think that I think what you're kind of alluding to is that it's also tough that like people will come to me or the you know students will come to you and say like you know Matt how do I how do I get a teaching job someday and and you want to express to them some of the distinctions you're making now but at the same time you're like well I didn't know this ten years ago you know and like I was struggling and I was beating my head against a wall and so it's hard to know. Where is that, where is that sweet spot for people? It's like, we need to have that a little bit of, it's okay to feel like a little bit of the fire. Like, whew, you gotta, you got to, you're gonna have to struggle. Struggle is good. You know, I keep thinking of the talent code. It is not an option. It's a requirement. And so it, it's hard because, you know, if, if a, I was working with a student this morning and I was trying to tell him, it's like, Let's let's get you to relax, like focus on your pelvis, you know, focus on your heels on the ground and like let the let the body sort of sink and and it's like because but I could tell you, I did not do that for the last 20 years. You know, I've done small versions of that. So do you do what I do or do you do what I say now? And it's (laughs) like and I'm talking about like motivation and working hard and like it's tough. It's a tough balance and each student has to find their own sweet spot and and I think that's our job as, as coaches and as teachers and is to help the student find that sweet spot um, not too much sin back not too much where where is that and you know, I think it's important it, it's tough
1: yeah and like making sure that's I think that's one of the hardest things is, is like okay I don't want to just tell you all the things that I know now but I'm, I'm thinking I'm like but if I knew it ten years ago wouldn't I be in a completely different place right now? So maybe it's good for you to know about these things. And I'm like, so what, what things could you focus on? And I think it's only been through, oh gosh, like, you just gotta, like, I love your questionnaire when you have a new student, you know, like, that's like, that's like, you really need to get to know the human being and know what they need and how they, and every student is is, is sort of individual in that way.
0: Well, I was gonna say, like, a good example of this would be like, And I'm, I'm becoming better at this as a teacher, and so, sorry to interrupt you. Um, but when I've worked with coaches in the past, they would say like, like, well, here's an example, just to be totally transparent. I had last summer I had a lesson with Julie Landsman, um, you know, the former principal horn of the Metropolitan Opera. She's a very big Caruso thing. And one of the things I set out to do at the start of this pandemic was like, I want to get strong. What does that mean i want to work on corners like i had this kind of tendency of like you know kind of yeah you know and i would kind of get to this like i did not like it and I, I had that for years what and so here, here's an example i could give you other ex- examples but i started off doing this i'd never worked on corners like i'd never worked on strength i, I kind of had it in my brain for for whatever reason that I remember one comment kept coming back to my head, it's like, oh, these muscles are really tiny, you can't get them big. And I misunderstood that. I think they were talking about here. Hmm. They weren't talking about here. Ah, boy, I wish I would have known that 15 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. So I'm working with Julie, and I, I go to start with the six notes of Caruso, or she starts me with like a buzzing thing. And so am I gonna go do this, or am I gonna go, you know, rest, and she didn't just tell me all of the stuff with Caruso. She said, "Actually, Tom, I don't think you should do that one right now." Oh, okay. And of course, I was like, "What does that mean?" She's like, <laughs> "Just can you just do this one?" And at first, if I'm honest, there's a little big bit of ego that was like, "Ugh, what?" I, I calmed down like why is she, she she is a master teacher she she is very thoughtful she's very observant that was really smart teaching of her to say don't worry about that one right now same thing with Gabriel Kosone he said don't this body movement I want to show you about don't worry about that one right now don't don't do that right now. don't do the dynamic one do the this other one and so that's that's part of our job I think that I'm, I'm working at it's like It's not great to just share everything with every student because they get overwhelmed. Yeah, it's like here's a breadcrumb that I look at you. I recognize you as an individual. I know your past. I know a little bit of your character traits and I look at you now. What's the next step? I think WIF is good at that, at creating the student to sort of like find their own way. Um, but I, but that's part of teaching, I think, is an art. It's not just, oh, I play trumpet while well, I can teach. No no, you can't. <laughs> Sorry,
1: true, true. true. You, you talked about struggle and and how it's necessary, and that's something that you know, I, I think you know a lot of times people are trying to grapple with well, how much struggle is necessary or like, do I need to be, do I need to fail this much before I can be successful or whatever? So I'm, I'm curious to see, and and I know that you went through an embouchure change and everybody who listened to your things knows that that's a thing that, that you struggled with. Um, so is there something outside of that that was like a, a, a major, what some might call failure or what we will call maybe a learning experience that was struggle that that you really had to fight through, um, that, that just was like hit you in the face. But it was like, wow, that was absolutely essential for me as a yeah. human or as a musician.
0: Yeah. I mean, this goes right to the, the, the epicenter of, of some of the consequences of, of how I played before I did this embouchure change, some of the consequences of an embouchure change. Uh, and then, and then the, the consequences of, of just normal life and upbringing and, and, my environment and all this kind of stuff, nothing, nothing like I'm not, Oh, I hate my father or anything like, no, I have, I have good parents, but like no, nobody's perfect. And you know, being a parent myself, it's like, wow, I, I notice what my kids hear. Um, I notice what they see. Okay. So one of the things, and I, I don't know if this exactly pinpoints what you're talking about, but, um, one of the things that I, didn't identify as much of an issue as I do now, and I'm super excited about. It's funny, like I look back at the recital and I think, okay, there were some things I was happy about that I a year before that I couldn't do. You know, some? there was like, well, yeah, some? seriously. I mean, there were some, <laughs> there were moments in there I was like, I like that chunk of that yeah, solo. Sure. Okay, like ah, uh, there, but okay, there's another chunk. I was like, okay, some of the things were good about this and all you know from my own perspective and, uh, and but even since then I'm like wow if I had had this realization or this experience or more of this it would have even been better meaning I would have been able to channel the things that I want um, without these barriers and, and those barriers are, are different for everybody but to put a pinpoint on it it just comes down to tension that I sort of feel like it's this floor that I that keeps going down another level another level another level and that's and it's a little frustrating but it's also super inspiring because I start realizing damn I realize how if I can just independently work in these curious be patient there's a degree of let there's a degree of focus and when I put them together then I find that sweet spot and he, but here's the thing is that I'm open to like oh look all this work I, I mean I did 20 plus years of work on a baseline of tension that I didn't even know existed oh man That's but so but everybody. you know <laughs> but but the thing is it's like well it doesn't really freaking matter because um this is the path I'm on and You know, maybe my intention was strong enough that that people were able to appreciate what I was trying to do, even though I was fighting with the instrument. I was fighting with myself. Um, And so this this book I'm reading now, um, in addition to this big leap, is called uh, The Way to Vital Health. And um, by Alexander Lowen. This was suggested to me by Gabrielle Cassone. And Matt, whew! It was sort of like, you know, Ten years ago, here was my tension level. I'm just arbitrarily putting my hand here, sure. and then it was going like this. You know, I would I would get more experience, and my tension level would relax. So it would get a little, and this is like years. You know, here's two years, here's three years, here's LA, still a decent amount of tension. You know, and I'll, I'll back up for context, and then I started working on strength this last year, and it's like, oh wow, tension comes down here, and then I started experiencing some of this book, and it's like whoa and wow. I it just starts coming down and it's like it it does feel like a little bit like that feeling when you you go over a hill in your car and you're like that weightless and it's like because you feel vulnerable as hell but if, if you can go ahead and breathe you can go ahead and realize that like your butt's still in the chair you're okay you know like gravity is still here nothing is come apart at the seams and if it does, it's okay. But this has been the major distinction for me, and it, it's all connected. You know, a little bit of work in the last year to help find a way to support an un- unhindered, unrestrained airstream, and then where do I hold the tension in my body? You know, it's like the distinctions I've made, even in the last week, have been like, wow. <laughs> and 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 the trumpet playing has only benefited from you know is my trumpet playing can only represent a small portion of my life. You know, how I breathe and how my energy level, my interactions with kids and my wife and friends and... So I've really been going on this path recently about understanding where's that sweet spot for me. And I look at my whole life. I look at my trumpet playing. I look at my ability to make music, my ability to deal with stress and all of that's connected in and where I hold it in my body. So that's been the major distinction for me recently. And you know, there might be people listening to this that are like what are you what are you talking about? Tom, why would you hold your breath? I'm like good for you. Seriously. I'm very happy for you. You might have struggles other places, but I have met people. I've worked with people that like and and I in, in some like superstar um Players that I've had as guests, it would, it doesn't, it's so far off, off their radar that they would hold their breath. Hmm. What? Wait, you know, because when they were like eight and they were taking lessons, I mean, somebody said it enough times and then they're like, oh, okay. And, then, and they just, you know, there was no fear, there was no sort of judgment. And there was just like, they built their trumpet playing around. So you asked like Tina Tyne about certain things, she's like, or you ask Sergei Karakov and they're like, well, you just play it a little bit slower and you're like, yeah, but what about this? Like, what, are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? And they don't, they won't say it like, what are you talking about? But it's like, it doesn't compute to them. Sure. So that's fascinating to me. Um, and that's the path I've been on recently. And, and it's just been, it just makes practicing so much more enjoyable that I'm not in this fight I'm I'm in harmony with I'm trying to find the harmony not only in my music but in, in my body, and and um, that takes that takes maybe a little bit of maturity that I, you know, elder I get the more, um, able to do so.
1: Yeah, I, I I I constantly think I I explain this to my students all the time. I'm like you think you're doing something right and then you know you maybe you improve maybe something happens whatever and then you come back and you're like let me rethink about that thing again and i can i'm like oh that thing that i was sort of doing i can do more of now or i can do less of now yeah and it's like this constant circling back and i'm like oh how, how do you how do you create a, a tina or a sergey like how how do you create those people you know as yeah. a teacher but again maybe that's not the I- ideal thing either um, and
0: and no, none of us. I'm never gonna sound like Sergei, but Sergei's never gonna sound like Hokan Hokan's never gonna sound like Tina. I mean, great, true, fine. You know, <laughs> I think it's let's let's just make music and and yeah, so
1: yeah. So you've you've mentioned a, a couple books now, and you say you're an avid reader. Um, I know you've got all of this uh, online stuff that you're doing. You obviously are keeping yourself in shape. You got the LA Phil. You got USC. You've got all of these things. So I've got to know because. I have a baby at home, and you know, a, a wife, and I, you know, have my little things that I do. How, like, how, how yeah. do you, are you able to really like? You feel like you've got a super healthy balance in in your life. You you feel like you have that, and you how are you able to maintain that and keep everyone happy and satisfied, and yeah, you know, well, and, and, and yourself healthy <laughs> for that. Yeah.
0: Point. Well, right after this, I'm going to go for a run. So it's always a well, you know, Matt, it's um, I mean, you're hitting the nail right on the head. It's it's a it is a challenge. And I, I think to start the most broad, it comes one word that I it, it maybe is, is a little cliche. But the idea of what this idea of expectation. You know, I, I got to be careful with what I expect might happen in my day, especially now that you have a child, I have two kids you know i have a wife that wants to practice she has her own career it's like i've i've got to so um so so a couple of things that i think maybe will help some of your listeners one um there is a degree of of discipline and responsibility that i've been working pretty hard i've been working late at night you know so a, a, a flash of my day would be like um and there's been times when i've deviated this from other ways like there's there was a time a year ago when i was getting up at like 4 30 or 5 to like meditate have my time for myself um and i always kind of gravitate back to like practicing late and then i don't get up early um but something like wake up a little time to yourself a little or a lot if you get up early you know kids and then especially in the pandemic um kids have been home all the time. And so, you know, I Jennifer and I would work together, I would practice and then she would practice and then yada yada yada, here it is, eight o'clock and now I'm starting like my real practice, you know, I've been teaching in the day. Now I practice from, you know, and I do emails and work and whatever, coursework, until eleven thirty. Midnight. Every night for like the last four hundred days, you know. Um
1: <laughs> and then you get up get up when? Like are you sleeping? Are you just a robot? Like <laughs> no, I mean,
0: yeah, I, I, you know, like I said, there's there's definitely times where like I I burn out, it, it, like a mini burnout, like, you know, forget it. You know, I'll say something stronger than forget it, yeah, right. but I'll say you know, <laughs> and then I'll you know, but I can't sleep in with kids. You know, you might sleep oh. till seven thirty, and you're like, well, okay, but look, I the the biggest thing that I'm realizing lately is that where do I hold attention in my body? And that is the most exhausting thing, is that when I'm fighting a situation, it is exhausting. So what has really helped me recently is realizing that it's not about time, it's not about, um, it's about mindset, it's about how I react to certain situations. And then being flexibly minded about, you know, I, I have some friends, uh, I have one person I'm thinking of, he has three children, two twins and, and, and a little bit older girl and this guy is killing it in like online teaching and like um, he's not a trumpet player but his, his wife also plays violin. I mean this this guy is financially killing it. he's creating products he's creating helpful things for hundreds of students and and this guy is kind of even keeled you know I said how did you create this book? And like all these videos that go along with it, well, I, I worked like an hour a day, and he's really focused. He's not mentally, he just, i really. I don't want to say efficient because it seems cold, but there's sort of like a an ease and a grace. That he he doesn't get his mind doesn't get stuck places. It should have been like this. I I I have fifteen minutes less than I thought of. So that that's what I'm sort of trying to adopt lately, it's like, well, because what stopped me from getting up at five in the morning was that my kids started getting up at 530, even though I was quiet as a mouse. And I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I was so upset. And then I was like, well, I got to go with the flow here, you know, and so um, this idea of expectation. And, and then the other thing I do want to share, I, I could kind of just on this forever. Because it, it is a moving target. Yeah. But the other thing is, like, you know, you see a lot of the stuff I'm putting out. Um, and because I have children, the part of what I have to com- commit to and that I have to adopt as I say this with a big grain of salt, as like an entrepreneur of, of trying to create. I have an invention I'm working on and, um, you know, creating online products mm-hmm. is that, um, is that I, I invested in a team. You know, part of the revenue from online teaching, part of the revenue from um, doing outside stuff. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna commit some money to a coach that's gonna help me be more efficient, and I'm gonna commit um, a chunk of money to a program coordinator. And um, I work with this lady, Catherine, who godsend. I mean, she's super organized. She's proactive. Um, she basically man, she's creating her own business of managing a team of people that help with social media and and contracts of guest artists and stuff like that there's now, now my friend he he seems to manage this on his own but i can't i can't you know trumpet takes a certain amount of time that i kind of can't let it go below so so it, it's about you know um learning to delegate if people want to create these kinds of things in their life um it, it, you know, there, there are tools and resources out there. Even if even if somebody's like, you know, like you, if you're like, hey, I do want to create some of this stuff. I have a baby and Jenna wants to practice and stuff. You know, maybe somebody helping you for five hours a week or if it's a babysitter. I've invested tons of money in in a babysitter. Not to say that I've spent tons of time with my kids, but to let me focus and to let me um, do that. And I could look at outside people and say, well, how do they do it? It's like it doesn't matter how they do it how what's going to be what's going to help it help you come into or experience life the way that you want to that balance um so you know if i spend thirty thousand dollars a year um on an assistant and coaches it's like but i make more than that well fine sure it's fine you know so i don't know if that answers your question it's 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 a very personal thing um but
1: yeah i think I- I think what you said is is the thing that I haven't necessarily thought about, and I think a lot of people won't have thought about, is the idea that the most exhausting thing that you do in the day is is carry your tension. Around about you know whatever the given thing might be, and I know certainly for students and you know for uh, you know young faculty people trying to you know whatever. I remember when I was like going up for tenure, like all the years before that, every every minute was like I have to be doing absolutely everything I can. I know. Out. And like how much, uh, how much of a weight that was. All it's exhausting. The time. And it it really is. It really is. That's uh really important. That and uh, and and expectations. I just want to bring that back. Yeah. I think that's, that's really, really well said. Um, so. Well, I
0: think the, the breathing work for me, r- noticing like where e- the, th- this way to vital health is really like mind blowing. And, and when you start to like do some of these, ex- there's a hundred breathing exercises in there. It's awesome, like different things where you're kicking your legs, or like, you know, there's a thing called Kundalini meditation where you like shake the body and sort of like bring awareness. Gabriel
1: Casona did a number of that stuff, of those exercises with my students, and I was just like taking videos of them because they were so uncomfortable and could not like let themselves go to do it. You know, so some of
0: it's a culture thing, some of it is like a, you know, environmental thing, personal. Some people, but this idea of where do you hold attention, like, you know, whoever's listening to this now, I challenge you to do one thing today. Make your feet as heavy as possible and let your whole upper body sit in your hips. You know, like even if you're listening to this right now, like do you, are you letting your belly relax? Are you, are you fully into your hips? Are your feet all is, are you grounded? (sighs) Because I, I guarantee you there's probably room that you could do better with that. I think we are all, all of us—are up here, struggling, working these things. Was, Hold on, let the body teach us that, like, groundedness and like heaviness and breathing can kind of like balance us out a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, why was I holding that all day long? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like no wonder yeah. I come home and I just completely pass out because yeah. I've been—I've been in I've been an isometric in some form of breathing, not only. Physically, but my I've been starving my body of oxygen. It's like that's exhausting So I'm, I'm really excited about working on more of this now
1: Yeah, that's cool. I've seen you like throughout the Throughout the interview even like catch yourself maybe a little bit and and like do a little exhale or, or something like that So yeah, uh, I see you are walking the walk not just talking the talk so. Trying. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, we've got just a couple of minutes left, and I have like two questions. So I'm just gonna ask you like okay. just quickly, and hopefully we can uh, squeeze these in here. Um, yeah, sure, of course. So uh, you, I think at one point you had the word kaizen like on your wall, right? And um, in, in I think it was like in Atlanta, that was one of the words yeah. on the wall. That, so the concept is essentially like just constantly developing, right? Or like growing, right? I can I can learn. I can get better. Have you been like that your entire life? Or was this a habit that you developed like the, the the yearning to improve and to grow and to like constantly be moving forward?
0: Yeah, I think I had some, where where did this start as a young man? I think it started as um, my father kind of doing things like, this might sound really silly, but like, um, Think of an example. Um, When when I was thirteen, I bought my first car um, for two hundred dollars. It was like it was complete POS. It was horrible. It didn't run. The engine was frozen solid. Um, And then I found another car that was the same same car, um, a couple years older, for one hundred and sixty five dollars, and. I made one car out of the two, so I took one engine out of the others. I took a windshield from one, a hood from the other, and I, I, it looked horrible—brown and yellow. It was disgusting, but but it was this huge project that my dad um, helped me do. It took me a long time, like over a year, you know. Put the motor in and sanded and bondoed the whole car, and like you know, interior. My grandmother helped me with, and so, um, but. I remember, like, my dad would go to work in the summers, and he would give me a project. You know, he would say, like, you know, well, you should you should sand this part here and bondo it and like this. And I, I just always thought, okay, I'm gonna see how much I can do before he gets back. And like, he, I think he kind of, you know, and it was sort of like, and, and there's a negative to this, and and I'm I'm sure. coming into that, you know, that there is a sort of like, I, I'm I'm so focused on the goal that like I'm I'm not really allowing myself to enjoy it as much. But always just like you know, okay, hey Tommy, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to the house. I'll be back in five minutes. It's like how much can I get done before he's back? That's always kind of like, you know, he reinforced this kind of like, impress me, not impress me, but he's kind of you know yeah, like
1: yeah,
0: totally. And um, it was it started off as a little game, a little fun thing, and or like, hey, can you Tommy go up to the house and get me this? And I would run as fast as I could, and he'd be like, are you back? Because we had this long yard. It was like three hundred feet, you know, and you're back already? And I was like, you know, it just made me feel good. So right, right. so I think that started out, you know, in my young my young teens and maybe like around 10, my dad was always helping me do projects or I was always helping him do projects. Like we built a pool together um, and I, I worked my butt off, like putting, building the forms and like pouring the concrete and like, I mean, So we were always doing stuff like that, stuff that wasn't like, oh, this is a project for today. It's like, no, this is a project that's going to take six months or a year. And then my car rebuilt it. Beautiful, white, had nice tires, interior, red velvet interiors is great. (laughs) Whole thing caught on fire. (gasps) Had to start over. No. Yeah. Yeah. So but again, that was a pretty awesome lesson. I mean, I cried my eyes out because I just killed me. I drove it for like like oh, a couple weeks or something. It was. Oh, man. And then, like, one little fuel line burst. It caught on fire. Fire department came. My mom came home, like, Why is the fire department in our front yard? And, like, flames are coming out of my car. And yeah. Um, certain <laughs> things never worked the same after that. But I got to run in again. I drove it for years. Um, Fiat. It was a Fiat X19 stood for Fix It Again, Tom. Um, <laughs> so. But, you know, the, some of those things, like I think when I was grow, growing up, my that was probably the best thing my dad ever did. And he's, he kind of gave me this sense. And, and as I've gotten older, like I've talked about this whole time is like I found how do I balance that off with like enjoy this? You know, it's 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 not about impressing people, but there is benefits to drive and focus and determination. Um, but it's not everything.
1: Yeah, I I. I... Keep trying to think back. I'm like, what was I doing when I was 13? <laughs> you know, I'm pretty oh, sure man. i was probably just playing soccer and video games, and that was
0: pretty much it. Maybe yeah, I was doing shopping. that too. Yeah, I was doing that too. Of um, no,
1: you can't do all those things and have these other projects. This just isn't fair. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, but that's awesome. It's like it, it's. Uh, I, I think maybe perhaps the the concept of just long-term projects and building. Like just
0: cementing yeah. that. Um, well, the other thing is like, and then I poured kind of gas on the fire. And then when I was when I was a senior in high school, my mom switched careers and she met this guy that was a big Tony Robbins fan. He went to these Tony Robbins events. I really looked up to him because he was a successful businessman. His name was Tom. And, uh, and so he gave my mom all these Tony Robbins tapes. And so I started listening to those and I was like, whoa, you mean there's like ways that I can think about this that actually like aren't just me like doing a project. Like there's a strategy that I can work. And I like, wow, this is. And then it started me thinking about like psychology It started me thinking about like, you know, behavior patterns. And like it, 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 it was just sort of this like catalyst that I was like, I started looking at people that I was in college with and I'm like, huh, Tony Robbins talks about behavior things. I, I'm not judging. I just noticed like that person seems really rigid. They're really stinking good, but they didn't get any better. Mm. Interesting. Okay, well, the, you know. So I just started noticing things like that, and, and Tony Robbins kind of was the this jumping off point. You know, Tony Robbins, he, he didn't go to college. I mean, he he wrote read seven hundred books around personal development and like life. That's how he became you know like such a guru at this and built a multi hundred million dollar franchise around this because because he's yeah. studied and you know he he kind of yeah so
1: wow so i just want to uh close out with just one question uh, or i guess a pair of questions and sure uh, this is probably uh one that i think m- many people are most interested in but uh one why are you a musician and why is why is what you do important
0: yeah well um i, I think there's you know there's a um, there's a very egocentric part of it that I think a lot of us love playing music because at some point we we got just good good feedback from people. Um, I think that's like that that can like feed us a little bit. You know, like me sort of pleasing my father and that kind of thing. I, I think there's a social component to that, that it, for the ego, um, and and I think that that maybe was there a little bit, but that. But then it really switched for me a long time ago. That I, I just love this. I I love. It sounds really cheesy. And and don't get me wrong. This is I don't think that I have this power, except in a small portion of like. Very personally, if I'm playing a recital. But when I'm when I'm in the orchestra, like why do I? That's where a lot of my time is. Of course. Sure. Um. I just love this this. Two components. One is I love this challenge of, of personal development. Music is is requires us to be transparent. It, it, if we want to improve, we have to open up. Um, music requires us to open up to our audience, and so we open up to our ourselves to reflect and learn and grow. And I I think music is an awesome medium for that. Whether people become personal um professional, who cares? You know, but it but music is this great environment for, for something to grow. It's, it if you have a good teacher, um, if you're in a healthy environment, then it's just, it's, it's, it's one of the rare things in our life, you know, that you don't have to be like that if you're an accountant or even if you're like an architect. I mean, it helps probably, but I just love that aspect of music. And, and the other thing is that I, I love one of the things that fires me up is if i'm in the audience and i've said this a couple times before but if i look out at the audience and i'm playing and you know, they don't know if you're looking at them or if you're looking at somebody five people away from them but if i look at somebody and i see that they're having an experience that just gets me i mean that that just makes me feel like in some for this one moment in time i'm making a difference in that person's life Or I'm part of augmenting their life. If you see their facial expression, go like, (sighs) (laughs) and you're like, you know, I helped, I helped create that experience for them with my colleagues, whatever. I mean, I, I got a message the other day. Oh my gosh. It just broke my heart. I got a message from somebody that heard my recital and she talked about, she lost her only daughter in a car accident and she's like, it, 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 you know, I don't want this to be about me, but the musical musical experience that Joanne and, and and Paul and I created in the recital, she is that it brought her tears of joy. That she just it just and that was like and I shared it to Jen and it like almost made me emotional. I was like, oh my, and it stuck with me for like a few days. I just like, oh man, it was like a it was a bittersweet, you know, like sad that she of course lost her daughter. That was like, I think her daughter was thirty four or something. You know, it's like. It's like a a fra- like a you know, just like your adult child. You're like, what no, that shouldn't happen. And but it did, and and music, she said, your music helped me heal. And I was like, man. Okay. Party one, I can check out now. Yeah. That was I'm done. you know, it's done. Good. Mission accomplished, you know, like and that that that's the other reason. Um I know it sounds cheesy and I get distracted, I get egocentric, I get frustrated, you know, blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, that juices me. And I love, love, love that. And I think anybody can do that. Um, you don't have to be Hoke on Hardenberger to do that. You know, you, you can turn a simple phrase and connect with somebody um, and make a difference. So that that's kind of why I do it.
1: Yeah, and, and don't worry about being cheesy. We we love we love cheesy. <laughs> And it's 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 beautiful and it's positive And I, I hate that sometimes things get labeled as cheesy because people say them and truly believe them. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, hey, I'm just, again, so, so grateful for you spending this time uh, with me and, uh, and and being able to share the way that you did with our listeners today. Yeah. So um, I wish you the best of luck. Can you please just tell everybody all of the places where they can find you oh sure, um, or find information about you because i know you've got things on facebook instagram twitter you've got trumpet mastery uh, you have the trumpet mastery course you have uh, hoot camp you have random hoot challenges uh, you have all <laughs> kinds of things going on obviously they can find you at usc as well so uh share some share some things if you don't mind like
0: yeah so i don't know when you're going to broadcast this i mean um i'm in the middle yeah. All those things you said are correct. Um, and they all kind of worked in t- hand in hand, you know, it's, it's, there's a business component of this that like, they call it like a, f- not, I don't know, funnels is the right word, but like, you know, if, if you go to one place, it kind of connects to everything else. So yeah, Instagram, um, I don't do too much Twitter. I kind of <laughs> use that as like my my secret, like complain about political things sometimes. Um, but so I don't really do too much on Twitter except for that stuff. So and it's funny the, when I did post a couple political things, I lost some people. I was like, oh, it's kind of funny. But um, so, yeah, I, I mostly try to share things through Instagram this summer. Uh, I'm going to shift over. I'm going to do some more on YouTube. Um, I think I'm thinking about recording like some of the brand etudes and I know there's a lot out there, but um, those have been helpful for me. Um, and then the Trumpet Mastery course, I'm enrolling for the summer now. Um, it's in it June, right? It starts. It's basically June through August. Three-month, 12-week intensive weekly studio classes, um, weekly lecture. We have Hocan, uh Winton and James Morrison as our guests. And I'm, I'm working on a few others. Um, yeah it seems like you need more people that's, that's just not really... I do want it to be a little bit more diverse <laughs> that's you know and, and I'm yeah. thinking about um, again people that i'm I really admire and, and uh, would love that have a good message and have thought about how to how to communicate that um, yeah so yeah and then you know it's so that's if people want to learn about that they can probably find out about it through either my website or or instagram i think we still have a link tree up there which kind of shows all the things um yeah but thanks for having me it's great always great to talk to you and i hope you and the family are well and enjoy your summer thank you again uh, yeah
1: for being a guest i really appreciate it uh to all of you listening out there uh uh Enjoy this episode, and uh, if you have any questions, of course, you can contact us at uh, Marari Grass, either on Facebook or whatever. Find our website. Um, And then, as always, uh, stay happy, stay healthy, healthy, and always keep it unmuted.